Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swiss Property Podcast. I'm Tyron Zaffer, and it's great to have you with us. In today's episode, we discussed the news article around the reducing stock in Switzerland and what that could mean for us as future property investors. In the second main topic, we discussed the, uh, the choice or the decisions you need to go through whether you bring in external support, i.e. contractors, to help you with, uh, say, the renovation build, or whether and what you can do yourself. We are actually recording this on site in our house, and uh, you may hear some background noise as the contractors themselves are moving around and renovating the property. So this and so much more in today's episode. Let's look at the latest news. So today I read an article that talked about the considerable decline in dwelling vacancy in 2022. Well, what does this mean? Are we no longer going to be having any homes to live in? Are we all going to be on the street? Uh, No, not so much. Uh, What it's talking about is that uh, there's a 1.31% of the total housing stock, including family homes, uh, that uh, are declining. So the decli- declining rate from last year was 0.23% year on year. Okay, So that means that there's a decline in the number of available flats, houses to rent. Now, why can that happen? That can happen because we've got less uh, construction happening. It could be because the migration or people moving into the areas looking for houses is faster than the build is happening. Uh, can be a few few reasons. Now, what does that mean for us as a landlord or property investors? It can be probably two areas we can look at. So one is the house prices uh, to buy would be going up because there'd be greater demand for those properties as people want to secure a home for them to live in. On the other side, uh, from a rental perspective, the, because again of the increased demand that the rental prices could go up. Now bear in mind that in Switzerland to increase a tenant's rent is quite difficult. There's only certain reasons uh, or situations you can do that. For example, if the interest rate goes up, uh, then you can increase by the same percentage of that interest rate if you have a mortgage. Uh, on the other side, if the bills uh, go up, Typically, the rent is broken up into two parts. So one is the rent uh, that you pay for the property, which would be the it would increase if uh, the interest rates went up, and then there would be a bill section where that would increase if the uh, if those uh, fees went up. For example, if I'm paying a thousand francs a month, plus then bills, which is maybe three hundred, I would be transferring to my landlord one thousand three hundred every month. Now, the 1,000 could increase by, say the interest rate goes up by 1%, then that could increase by 1%, and the same for the bills if those go up. Now, you know the landlord has to choose if they would pass on that cost to you. It's not always um, absolutely you know, essential. They don't always do it because you know, potentially they want, you're a good tenant and they, don't, uh, they want to keep you. Uh, but it is a, a possibility that they can, they can do that in the same way that you have the permission also to request the rent to decrease if the interest rates go down. So if you find that you know currently the interest rates are at 2% and then they drop down to 1.5, you also have the, the right to contact the landlord and ask for the rent uh, 
that you pay to go down by that 0.5%. Okay, so those are the two things I can see potentially happening with this less housing stock uh, that the you know, the property prices themselves could go up or the the rental prices could also go up. This will probably be less impactful for those who have lived in the same uh, property for a long time. They're renting. You know, it's because of those reasons, unless the the the, uh, the landlord comes in and renovates the property, which is also a reason to increase rent, it's unlikely there'll be much change because uh, there's quite a, a good protection for the tenants there. Uh, what else can we do? Can we take advantage of this? So potentially, you know, building, uh, if you have the chance to buy, uh, buy and build property uh, in good locations with high demand, then you probably will find it very easy to rent uh, and to then sell at the prices you're looking for. Uh, that's, that's a great advantage um, as well. So some potential opportunities there uh, for, for landlords and property investors. Today we, I wanted to discuss briefly around um, how do we choose and decide on contractors and whether we should use them during a renovation build. So should you do the work yourself, if you're able to, great. Uh, or when does it make sense to bring someone in to, uh, to help you and do the work for you? This is something that's currently on our mind. We are renovating a, an apartment and we are, we are using uh, contractors. And the reason and how we've made the decision is based on two factors. One was uh, time and, uh, well, no, actually, <laughs> mostly it was time. Uh, and I would say skill. Okay, so there's two parts. So one, the way I look at it is, do I have the skill, do I have the experience, and is there a legal requirement uh, that, that needs to be fulfilled? And that is specifically, I could say, around electrical work. So for in Switzerland, if you're doing any electrical changes, uh, then you need a qualified electrician to sign off on it and give you a SINA certificate, S-I-N-A. So any electrical work afterwards needs to be checked and certified and it can even, I think it lasts up to five years. Uh, and then even potentially if you were to sell or renew a tenancy within that time frame uh, or outside that time frame, you need to then provide uh, a new certificate. So that's one aspect. Uh, for me, the other parts of the renovation, for example, flooring, painting, we may have the skill if we were to look at YouTube, we'd probably be able to figure out quite a bit. We've got some nice uh, home kind of uh, renovation stores around. Uh, Hornbuck is is for, is one example. You've got Cobb, Bow and Hobby. So there's stores around where you can hire equipment, ask for some uh, professional help and get the work done or do the work yourself. Now, in this case, I would ask myself, do I have the time and do I have really the expertise to do it properly? So there's it a big difference between looking at a YouTube clip and going, well, that looks reasonably okay. Uh, and then trying it yourself and realizing how, you know, how much more difficult it is and how some of the subtleties, for example, like, you know, what type of product to choose, uh, where, you know, what type of process to apply it, how to find the the you know the right equipment, or even how to find the right person that you can trust uh, for help and support with that process. 
So I think there's certain questions you need to ask yourself and be honest with. Now, if you have a lot of time and you know, you're happy to do that and you want to learn the process, by all means, go for it. Uh, I would say it's, you know, there's a lot of information out there, free information that would really help uh, you through uh, and, and you could do a good job. So for example, um, you know, potentially painting the walls. You know, it's for us here, it's, uh, the process was a little bit more complex, but yet it still could be done if you had the time. So for us, we had to, uh, we had to spray all the wallpaper, scrape off the old wallpaper, then repair all the cracks and holes. Uh, and then we had to reapply the wallpaper and give it a couple of coats of paint. Now that's the process, but then the follow-up question is, well, what type of glues do you use? What type of paints do you use? Where do you get the wallpaper from? Do you have the right equipment to, you know, scrape it off, reapply it? Do you reapply it in a clean and efficient way and without marks? And how do you reapply, for example, the wallpaper? You know, where is the edging done? Um, how smoothly is it done? The painting, uh, how do you apply that? So these are some questions that yes, you can research and learn about, and yes, you could probably do yourself, but would you do as such a, uh, such a good job with, compared to a company that does this day in and day out? And that's something to, to really think about. Because, you know, yes, you could put a lick of paint on it, but will it, you know, will it come back? Will the paint below it come through? Have you really fixed the, the cracking and so forth? And sometimes I feel that you can paint over some mistakes, uh, but in the long run, you know, it kind of reshows itself. And sometimes, and definitely for myself at the moment uh, where I am, I think, you know, quality is, is key. You know, I'm happy to wait, I'm happy to save up, I'm happy to pay a little extra for good quality work. And that's something that's important because I feel like you do it right, you do it once. Whereas if it's, uh, you know, I've had experiences before where I've tried to cut costs or gone with maybe the cheapest option. I was thinking about a, a past bathroom renovation I did. And, you know, yes, it was, looked great, you know, shiny and new for the last couple of years. But in the final couple of years, we started to notice leaks. And those leaks had been there for yeah, a good couple of years, tapping away, dripping away into the wall. And you know, we had to bring in a lot more expensive professionals to come and fix the problem. And they said themselves that they were limited because of the quality of work. And if you really wanted to do a deep kind of foolproof uh, fix that they would have to redo the entire renovation so not only have i had damage but you know if the cost uh, I, I have to pay again uh, for a better quality work so this is something to to think about uh, and so that's something that i would work on uh, in the background i'm actually on site at the moment so we've got some builders that are doing the flooring uh, and they are currently vacuuming it to make it kind of clear of dust. Then they'll lay the first um, kind of soundproofing material and then the flooring on top. Uh, so you might hear some, uh, some noise in the background. Uh, so that's one way to think about it. So do you have the experience and do you uh, really um, kind of have someone that you can maybe rely on who could guide you uh, and kind of give you advice for the right quality? Now for, for other ways to look at it as well as your time. 
Now, a way that I've used to, to help calculate this is, do I actually have the time available? And often it's not. And if you want to be a bit more mathematical about it, you can also say, well, you know, how much I earn, am I earning an hour in my current job? And let's say you earn, you know, 50 an hour, okay? And then you look at the contractor's uh, salary and you say, well, how much is the contractor? Am I paying for his time? And it might be 30 an hour. And then if you look at it that way, theoretically, it makes more sense for you to work within your job and your profession at 50 an hour and pay someone to do the other work for you for 30 an hour because you're still up by 20. Okay, uh, whereas in the other way around, you know, maybe uh, you're earning 50 and they, you know, their cost is 80 an hour. Uh, and then you might question, well, you know, does it make sense? Because if, if I really do have the experience and expertise and I feel confident in the quality of the work I'm going to do, then maybe it makes sense for me to do it myself. Uh, but do factor in some of the side costs, such as you know, buying the equipment. You, know, you have to buy it, will you use it again? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, you know, getting rid of the waste, uh, doing kind of being held accountable and responsible for the work itself. And also it's something to think about, and I'm not sure in, in other countries, but in Switzerland it's possible to um, charge any kind of renovation costs off your tax. So if you spend a thousand francs on renovating a property and you get a receipt from uh, a legitimate company, then that receipt can be claimed uh, off your tax. Now I'd have to look into this uh, and I'm not sure if you were to do the renovation yourself, whether you would be able to uh, invoice and claim your time. I think I saw an article about that, but I will come back to to a, a future podcast on that. Uh, and it would be, yeah, it would be interesting to see if that's even possible. I did read somewhere where someone did try to do that um, and there was certain limitations on what was, what was, um, what could be claimed or not. Okay, so that's something also to think about. Yes, you might be able to save some money. However, on the other end, uh, you might also be able to get you know, a professional organization to come in, do the work and, uh, and ultimately claim it off tax. And that's it for kind of for the way I think about the process. So when I'm choosing a, uh, a whether I should do the work myself or whether I should employ um, a contractor, I start through, uh, I start by saying, do I have, uh, is there a legal requirement? And for electricity, for example, there is. And then I go, okay, well, next step is, do I have the experience and the skill set? And then uh, if I don't, how long would it take me to learn? Uh, do I feel confident doing it into the right level of quality? And then maybe the third question would be is, do I have the time uh, and the time and do I have the financial means uh, to, make, to make sense? So do I earn more than the contractor would? And that may be yes or no, but if I, even if it's a no, it might still say, well, I don't have the time, so I'm going to get this done now. All right. Well, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Uh, would would be great to hear from you. And yeah, send us some pictures or tag us in any renovation work you're doing, and let us know how you uh, how it goes, how it gets on. All right. Take care, and look forward to speaking to you soon.